On this episode of Resi Week, we talk Sonos and Heos in their latest court battle. Leviton gets into Wi-Fi lighting, but we think it's going to fail. And JCPenney might be failing at this as well. They're all of a sudden into smart home technology. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 59. Fail that bad. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions, and by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott of avnation.tv, and today I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, my pal from Florida, who actually lives in Georgia, but you'd never know it. It's Stephen Brunner. He is the president of Pro AV Georgia. How you doing, buddy? Or Pro Audio Georgia. Sorry. Excuse me. I'm doing great, my friend. It's an absolutely beautiful day out here in Georgia today. <laughs> and then, of course, I've got my compadriot, Tim Albright. He's the founder of avnation.tv. How are you, sir? I am doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm choking on insulation. I was working today. Sorry. Yeah, I just pulled a chunk out of my hair. It was terrible. But what do you do? All right, let's let's kick this off with a fun one, uh, or or a real quick one. We'll say this comes to us from Strategy.com and our friend friend I cannot talk today. Our friend Ted Green. It seems that a judge has fi- uh, has has discovered against DNM and affirms the Sonos patent. Now, if you have been following this, there has been a little bit of back and forth, some suing and countersuing from DNM to invalidate four key Sonos patents that are the heart of this dispute and the key to uh, some conflicting issues between Heos and Sonos. Stephen, is this just another step in what will most likely be quite a long ongoing battle between these two companies? Uh, yeah, it, this is just your typical corporate back and forth. You've got, <clears throat> you've got, uh, they both have good standing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so DNM is saying that Sonos, is, the, the thing that Sonos is suing them over is, is all basically computer automation and you can't patent computer automation uh, unless it does something different, which it doesn't. And Sonos is saying, yes, it does. They're going back and forth. Basically, I don't see this as a long-term anything. This is, this is going to go back and forth. What confuses me about it is, um, and I may be a little off here, but I think I remember about a year ago, Sonos releasing its patents and saying, hey, everybody, come look at what we did. Do it better. Don't do the same thing, but do it better. And uh, I could be wrong there, but it almost seems like Sonos was okay with everybody trying to do what they did until somebody did it really well, and now they're frustrated. I'm not sure. Um, you know, Denon Heos it has two-way IP drivers for every control system. They are now integrated with, with surround receivers. They have all these other things that Sonos doesn't have. Sonos is still selling little boxes that sit on your shelf. 
So what I, or that your TV sits on, which is even stranger. But what uh, what I what I don't understand is is it doesn't seem like they should be able to say, "Hey, industry, here are our patents. Look at what we did, and let's see if we can improve this, and then turn around and sue because somebody used something that they made." So that's well, where I stand. And I think, and, and I don't remember exactly the the topic that you're referencing as far as them opening it up. Um, but, you know, traditionally, they don't care if you use their patent as long as you pay for it. Uh, and, and there's a couple other companies in, in this realm that deal with that a lot. Tim, one, do we really actually care as, as, as integrators following this back and forth? Does it really matter? But more importantly, how much is Denon potentially really want to invest in either paying for patent use uh, or paying to fight the lawsuit when their new owners uh, have so highly leveraged PlayFi. Well, here's the thing: you, you, you it, it's a business decision, right? Unfortunately, um, for for Sona or for for uh, um, EOS, they have to figure out whether or not um, paying for the patents is less expensive than paying for the lawyers. If it is, they'll pay for the patents. If it's not then um you know they'll still try to fight and, and win it out on their own um but here's the thing what we care it were integrators residential integrators are, are going to care because the bottom line is going to be uh whether or not whoever wins or whoever i'm sorry whoever loses is going to have an added expense to their bot to their product if sonos loses then they're going to have to recoup those legal costs somewhere somehow if heos loses they're going to have to recoup those costs somewhere somehow um, of being of being forced in a, in essence to pay for the patents, so that's an added expense to the bottom line of the device itself. That's going to impact the folks who purchase it, um, whether it's it's you and Stephen and, and you guys install it, or it's your customers who call you up and say, "Hey, I just bought this new Sonos. Now I need it to be installed." Very good. Stephen just uh, sent me that actual um, story that references. Uh, Sonos releasing their patent. Hmm. And again, they, they, they're forward releasing their patents. And this is back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're forward releasing their patents, which again, is, is interesting. But again, they're happy with you seeing them and paying to use, and paying to use them. That's the thing. Paying to it's use paying their patents. patents. Yeah. Yes. So we will throw that up in the show notes. But let's uh, move on from that one to an article that comes to us from CE Pro. This is Julie Jacobson talking about Leviton launching a mass market home automation platform, starting with the dreaded Wi-Fi lighting control. Uh, this is Leviton's Why do you new... say dreaded? Because it, it's, it's Wi-Fi. That, you didn't let me jump on it. It's so, so flooded. It, it, it is, but, but let's back up for one second. So on this show today, I've got, Tim, who I've known for a long time, and Stephen, who I've known even longer. We go way back to when we were both much better looking. And uh, <laughs> But when we met, we met at a, at a Lutron PSP Radio Raw 2 launch class. We were the first uh, launch class for Radio Raw 2. So we, we both have this diehard love of lighting control. And it brings us together when we're together. Mm. Anyways. Yeah, wasn't that sweet? It was. In, 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 in <laughs> I, I am in a mood today. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so the reason I say that is, Tim, to answer your question, I love the concept of getting lighting control to the masses. 
this is something that has been ingrained in, in guys like Steven and myself for years as Lutron dealers and, and really has been ingrained in every lighting dealer, uh, no matter what company you work with. But where I get, you know, a little concerned is that it's Wi-Fi. And we all know we don't really need any more Wi-Fi devices clogging up our data-heavy homes. So when they, when, they, when they launch a product like this, will people jump on it because it's Wi-Fi? Yes, they will. But for those people that are going to buy more than three, you know, the, the, the home guys that want to DIY it and play and fiddle around with it, how many devices can you actually put in your house? How much, uh, how much, no, I know the answer. I'm not asking for the answer, Stephen. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I actually wasn't going to say the answer. I was going to say <laughs> that the, the, the answer to your question is about five or six and then they call us. <laughs> well, one would hope. My, my bigger concern with, with stuff like this is that because it's cheap, because it doesn't require a hub, it doesn't require all these other things, how many people will this turn off in the long run? Because it doesn't work well. And this has always been my, my issue with mass market lighting control, is people, uh, they, they try to find that, that barrier entry level that has problems. Now, they're not searching for it because it has problems or wanting problems, but it always comes out with problems and you end up with one or two lights and that's all you can do because that's all the system will actually, in a, in, a, in a real world application, support. So tell me why I'm wrong, Stephen. And uh, FYI, I'm not. I, <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually close to on the same page here, but I'm, I'm going to come at it from a different angle. So what I would say is, is that the reason why this is going to have problems is um, you can't do it on a Best Buy router. So, so what's going to happen is uh, we're already seeing this in the field. Your Luxel, Can I do it on a cable code? Uh, not Luxel, I'm sorry, not Luxel, but uh, Belkin or Linksys or Netgear. They're going to go into Best Buy. They're going to go online. They're going to read all these reviews. This is the greatest router. It looks like the spaceship. Alien came out of it personally. And they're going to put it in their house, and they're going to run their stuff. Now they've got four iPads, seven phones, all this other stuff, and now they're going to add lighting control on top of it. And what's going to happen is, is all of a sudden, the network expertise that we have to have to do what we do is going to show its ugly head because these devices are going to crash. You already can't run a Crestron or an RTI or any system like that off of a, a Linksys. If you walked into a house and, Tim, you're a Crestron programmer. If you walked into a house and the, the, the house had a Linksys router and they said, I want to run my Crestron system, my BM system and all this through this you would you would flip out and say, oh, I can, you can't do that. It's not going to hold up. And um, they're going to stack this lighting on there. They're not going to understand DHCP. They're not going to understand IP reservation. They're, they're going to, so what's going to happen is, is this guy's going to get in there or, or lady, because there's a lot of ladies now involved with this. They're going to get in there and they're going to say, okay, I'm going to add 12 light switches. Well, now I've got IP conflicts. Now I've got this and I've got that and we've got all these problems. So I think that the biggest issue is going to come down to not necessarily the fact that Wi-Fi is already way cluttered because I believe these are running on the 2.4 gig range if I remember, if my research was right. So if, if, if that, that frequency is already cluttered, your microwave runs on that frequency while it's watching you. I mean, all these things. So I say 
the networking is going to be the problem, not necessarily the deployment of the products, but the fact that you're putting them on a crappy foundation. All right, Tim, tell us why we're both wrong. You, you're not. I mean, here's yes. the thing. And to, to, to answer Stephen's No, say that one more time. You're, you're not wrong, Matt. Thank you. You can record that and, and play it whenever you'd like. Um, to answer Stephen's question directly, I, I, I have used Linksys and D-Link and, and lower end switches, right? Um, but those are wired applications, not wireless. What you're talking about is, is using the wireless part, right? Right. In those, and in, 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 at least in Crestron world, right? Uh, there, there's not a whole lot of wireless, pure wireless devices out there. Right. Um, as far as control and, and communication back and forth, you're not going to send DM over wireless. Um, there's a couple of, of a handful of, of uh, handheld devices that do run over the, over the Wi-Fi. They also run over RF as well that that I've used personally in the past and I've programmed for, you know, you're talking about one device, two devices working on, on those systems. You guys aren't wrong though. Uh, you look at folks like um, a guy finder who I learn a lot from every time I talk with him about the, the wireless, the wireless systems that folks are putting into residential. You guys, you two and, and folks like you are running into some significant issues. And it's not because of your devices. It's because as our generation and the generations in our society, technology-wise, has grown up over the last 10 years. 10 years ago, how many wireless devices were in a system, were in a home, right? Five, six, yeah. maybe? Yeah, My maybe. kids have six devices, right? Each, you know, yeah. so you, you look at it, I think the average, um, the average home, the average home has between 21 and 30 devices wireless devices, sorry, 21 to 30 device, wireless devices in the home today. This is average home. This is not a smart home. This is not a $10 million you know, home that has all this stuff. This is the average person's house that has you know, between 21 and 30 devices. Uh, I did a scan the other day. I have 35 wireless devices connected to my, now I've done certain things and I have smart friends. My, my buddy, Michael Drainer, who's an IT uh, consultant now, he's helped me out a lot because of the number of devices. But I'm talking, average. I, I, I don't have a control system at home. And I've got these, these 35 devices. Exactly. What you said? And I'm average, I don't have a control yeah. system, dude. That's, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. I'm just saying, <laughs> as, as somebody who, who loves this stuff and programs this stuff and, and does this stuff, and I don't have that, but I have all these other devices, your, your, guy, your, your folks, your clients are gonna have way more than, than I do. So well, and keep, do keep in mind that you're somebody who is going to probably stay away from a lot of the goofy things that pop because up. Because I know better. Because you know better. Most DIY that? guys, which this is going to be marketed to, they don't know better. Yeah. They're going to have Aero Wi-Fi cameras and you know Ring doorbells and Apple TVs and everything else or Roku boxes plus all of this. They're just, it, it's... I don't know. I, I, I view it as something that's going to fail. Well, here's the, here's the kicker too, is the Wi-Fi traffic. It's almost on a weekly basis. I hear something. And when I hear it, I think to myself, okay, we just increased our network traffic 5%. Yeah. You can only <laughs> do that so many times because, you know, direct TV just released their app for Apple TV. And I think Roku and Amazon as well. Mm -hmm. it, it, so now customers don't have to have direct TV boxes. However, 
Now they have to have a more solid network. So the customer says, oh, I'm going to save all this money. And I get to come in and go, well, not necessarily. Okay. So let me, let me give you another one on this. Um, I don't know if you, if either of you have played around with the new generation of Apple TVs. Um, yes. Yeah. You bring up the, the, the type in the, um, you type in a search uh, in the new Apple TV, regardless of whether it's a Netflix or it's in the, the new direct TV now or whatever application you are in, it automatically sends you, if you have an iOS device, like an iPhone or an iPod or, or uh, it else, gets you keyboard control. It gives you keyboard control. How is it doing that? Through the wireless network. Yes. So there, there are these things that the unintended, unintended wireless consequences that make our lives easier, but make your guys' lives a little more difficult. Well, and again, I, th I think the final thing on, on this topic is that most people who are looking for this aren't coming to us. Uh, until, until somebody like Steven gets, gets a sample of this product, takes it home, plugs it into his house, and tests it for six months, he's not going to sell it to anybody. No. He's not even going to bring it up. Negative. So until he gets to the point where he's comfortable with it and says, you know what? I don't think it's going to fail that bad. Maybe I can use it as an entry level product. I don't product think it's going somebody. to fail that bad. <laughs> wow. That's a vote of confidence right there. <sighs> Have you, can you tell I've done lighting control for a while? Hey, hey, yes. hey, I, I just want to, I just want to second his fail that bad notion. <laughs> you just don't go right there with it. Okay. But you um, know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things. You're just not going to throw this in willy nilly to somebody's house, mainly because, and it's not even, you know, we're going to say it's because we know that with lighting control, your lights have to work. It's life safety, all these other things that we can go through. But the bottom line is we don't want to roll a truck because your daughter had three friends over and they're all watching some different Netflix princess movie during their sleepover. And now your lights don't work. It's because we don't want to roll that truck. We don't want to deal with that service call. So it, it's something that I'm, I'm excited to watch because I'd love to see a greater penetration of the market with lighting control. I just don't want to deal with the service calls from it. I can, and, agree, I can agree with that. The service calls, the service calls definitely, when I see this, I think to myself, oh crap, you know, here we go. But on the flip side, my concerns are addressed. Like you said, these are not our clients that were that are buying this stuff. This is DIY guys. I mean, it's a Leviton, which means you'll be able to get it at every flea market, whatever. But the thing is, is that you what uh what I find is is that my systems are all built on rock solid networking. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody knows this. Not a big secret. I'm a big package guy. I love the products. I don't have networking problems, but the issue comes in. Um, the issue comes in whenever people say, you know, oh, well, I, I need you to get this working and you come in and the first thing you have to tell them is, well, listen, you need, you know, if you're going to run 30 of these light switches and you've got four kids, you're going to need an upgraded network and that's going to cost you anywhere from six to $1,200, depending on the brand you use. So, um, I, I would say, I would say definitely. Definitely a scary moment. However, uh, I applaud Leviton for jumping in there and trying to do this. Who knows? It may turn out to be freaking amazing. The first generation may have a few bugs and Gen 2 may come out and be, oh, this is amazing. But once again, like I said, everything in the world runs on 2.4 and I don't think these devices are 2.4. Very good. 
since we're on the kick of DIY and random silliness, uh, also from our good friend Julie, JC Penny is playing <laughs> not <laughs> stop. Wow. JC Penny is not only playing a gender card, uh, those are Julie's words, not mine, uh, but they are launching a uh, home automation, new home services section of the store. Now, I've got a couple of questions for this. Um, one, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I was in a JCPenney, uh, mainly because A, we don't have them in Canada, and B, they're just not my go-to store when I'm, when I'm in the States. So, Tim, do they normally sell appliances? Yes. And, and TVs and stuff? Because I've only um, ever known them as a place to buy a very nice Van Heusen dress shirt. Yes, they, they sell those as well. Um, the dress least, shirts or the dryers? The dress shirts. The dress okay. shirts. Um, so, so, they're now, so they now are a full, they're like a Sears. They are a version. Essentially. A, 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 I don't think they're that, they're that uh, in diverse. At least the one here local. Okay. Uh, I understand. I live in St. Louis. I live outside of St. Louis. So I will speak to my regional <coughs> JCPenney's and, and, and that's as much as I can speak to. Um, they do have some appliances okay. again, my local one um primarily you're talking about washers and dryers water heaters as, as julie mentions in the in the story however there are some that do offer other electronics and other smart like or smart ish devices interesting see i i had no idea so when i read the, the story it, that was part of my problem um my my second question is obviously unless uh, companies like ours, CDA members and the like, unless they get contracted to be one of these uh, retailer partners uh, for the installation side of it, is this something that we should look at with excitement? Because again, it's putting home automation and smart home technologies in front of consumers. Or is this something that we just nod and say, whatever? Seriously. <laughs> Okay, so, so let, let me just step out there and say the nice comparison between JCPenney's and Sears is they probably won't either one be around much longer. So <laughs> That's I, not inaccurate. Their stock price is tanking. And, and they're and they they closing, closing stores, stores left and right. Left, right, and center. So, so I, I think this is an interesting discussion for us to have. However, I don't think it's going to be overall relevant. But the thing is, is that uh, <clears throat> oftentimes when I'm talking to my clients about quality products, one of the first things I ask them is, where did you get this? And whenever they tell me that, if they tell me they got it at Walmart or Target or whatever, the first thing I say is, don't buy your electronics in the same place you buy your underwear. And I, I'm going to stick by that. And the reason why is, is that, um, you know, electronics retailers like Best Buy, people like that, they specialize in electronics. Now, that doesn't mean everything they carry is great stuff. I get that. But you call us as experts. We come in, we do electronics. That's what we do. If you need fashion advice, you probably don't want to talk to me. So um, the, the thing I, I can that, I can second that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And back when Matt had hair, uh, his hair was always really nice too. Hey, um, <laughs> I've got it. It's just back. I, That's cold, man. That's ice. Reflection there. But no, seriously, um, seriously. 
do I think it's good? No, I think it's freaking terrible. And the reason why I think it's terrible is for every ounce of industry exposure automation gets, we get a pound of race to the bottom pricing. So, okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take the opposite side of that. Um, okay. I think it's actually a good thing. Uh, and I equate the JCPenney to the Amazon uh, integration of integrators, I guess is the best way to put that, where if you, if you buy a TV or you buy a, mount, you buy a TV on Amazon, they have a system now that will say, hey, do you need a mount and do you need somebody to mount it for you? Um, so that is, you know, it, it's, it's getting folks where they live and it, it, some of it's big data and some of it's just uh, Amazon being really good at what they do, which is, you know, tacking on other services and other products to somebody, that, something that you've already purchased. Same thing kind of here is I would actually agree, argue that anything to get the smart home and the smart devices in front of average consumers, um, I think is a good thing, getting them used to it, getting them acclimated to the idea of having these devices and having them integrated into the home, I think is a good idea. Yes, Stephen, there's some uh, part of that that's going to be a race to the bottom. But I would also argue that if you're selling the boxes, and this is not my, this is not my words, this is not my smartness. This, this is lots of people over the last few years saying this. If you're still selling boxes and still making money off of boxes at this day and age, you're probably doing something wrong. You, you need to sell your services and you do a really good job of explaining to your clients, look, I'm your expert, right? I'm your digital expert. Our, our buddy Rich Fragoza uh, refers to himself as a digital concierge, right? It's not the box that you're selling. It's you. It's your smarts. And so you're right. These folks are going to get these things in their home and go, holy crap, what do I do with this? Or, you know, break their network or not be able to integrate it. And then that's where you get to step up as the expert, as the person who's been doing this forever and a day, and bada boom, bada bing, you can get them set up and, and on their way with, you know, not, you may not have made, you know, your three or 10 points on your box, but you made a whole lot more margin on your smarts. It uh, goes back to what Mitch Klein told us at Cedia, you know, there's a, there's a, there's new, there's the new thing going on where, where he, and it, it, I don't know if he coined it or not, he may have bought it from somebody else, but you have DIY and you have do it for me. And now you have this do it with me where the do it with me is, you know, me as the consumer, I'm going to get something that I think I can do, find out I can't. And I, I call you guys. I don't disagree with, I don't disagree with that. I think my biggest concern is, is that you have companies that are putting in tons of research and tons of money in research and development. And those companies would normally sell to a percentage of these people that are going to DIY. Not a huge percentage. I get it. It may be 30, it may be 35. I think that number is pretty fair. But those companies are now going to lose those sales, which is money that's going to come out. So we lose that research and development. I just think that, and there are distribution companies in our industry that cause the commoditization of our industry. However, um, as, as everything happens and everything kind of starts going down, your research and development dollars go down. Now you start eliminating competition. You got everybody being bought by the same two companies. Um, it's it to me, just to me, I feel like it's a race to the bottom. However, I can see your side too. The exposure is nice and yeah, they can call us, um, you know, but geez, man, you know how bad it just sucks walking into a mess. Whenever, oh, yeah. you, whenever you can normally walk in and go, Hey, I'm here to make everything work well for you. Now you're walking in going, okay, don't shoot me. At least give me, you know, like Leonard Skinner said, give me three steps, man. 
let, let me at least get let me let me at least get in the door before you start throwing daggers and, and, that, and, and I, I, I think part I, of that is is go ahead matt I, I think that is the hard part of where so much of this smart home technology the iot technology is gone is you either get clients uh, or sorry you get customers who buy something it works fairly well for them. They don't know it doesn't uh, do everything it's supposed to or, or something. They're, they're happy with it. And they're never going to call us. They're never going to call a CD member because it works for them. They're happy. Then you get the clients that are, you know, sort of the do it with me group. They buy something, get over their head, and they try to make it work and then call us as integrators to come in and, and solve that problem or make it work better. And when you walk in and they've gone this DIY route, route because they want to save some money and then all of a sudden somebody like Steven walks in who can put on that Southern term but still has to tell them, oh yeah, you bought you know $500 worth of DIY stuff and that's great and here's your bill for two grand to make it all work because it just doesn't work that well together by itself. That's always the sticking point of walking in and going, darn, man, I, I wanted one thing. I, I remember this used to happen, and Stephen, you've probably got these stories too. When the Apple TV first came out, and you'd get it, and you'd go to, somebody would buy it, you'd go in to install it, and all of a sudden the receiver didn't have an HDMI, or their TV <laughs> didn't have an HDMI. Exactly. They bought a $100 little black box, and then spent a thousand, a three, four thousand dollars to make that stupid $100 box work. Because exactly. all of a sudden they needed a new receiver, new TV, new cabling. Yeah. We, we had one client who had a distributed component system. They wanted an Apple TV. Best you know, conversion on an upgrade we ever had. <laughs> but it just, that, that's where I see the sticking point being. Because you either at that point, your customer is going to do one of two things. He's going to kick you out the door because you're so stinking expensive and he's forever going to be unhappy and think that integrators are super expensive or B he's actually going to do it. You're going to figure it out. He's going to use this as a learning moment of hmm, maybe I'm going to call Steven before I go and buy something. You would hope you would hope yeah. and I'll, but I'll tell you a lot of times it's the other way around, Yeah, which is unfortunate, I think. but on that super bright note, I'm going to close the show. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on this highly uplifting episode of Aviation and Resi Week. Stephen, where can people connect with you and tell you how your thoughts on mass market smart home technology is, are incorrect? Um, you can catch me on Twitter, ProAudio underscore GA. Uh, you can catch me at ProAudioGeorgia.com. I'm easy to find. Just Google I'm pretty much everywhere. I look forward to hearing from anyone that wants to talk. <laughs> thanks again for being here. Tim, thanks for, for joining and, and adding your always exciting commentary. Where can people find you? I don't know how exciting it is, but uh, people find me at Aviation uh, or on the Twitters at TD Tim David Albright. You know, just take a compliment. Come on. Well, thank you. I was trying. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for watching our show. If you'd like to connect with me, 
tell me how much you don't like my diatribes. Uh, you can reach me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avianation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows covering all of our verticals. Uh, when you're there, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. They support us and we are thankful for that support and ask that you support them as well. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Resi Week. Thank you.